But if you have your Bibles, we are a Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, God-fearing community. Uh, and we love the Bible. We believe what it says. We can go ahead and turn to Psalms chapter 46. It's about a third of the way into your Bible. If you don't have a Bible or you can't find it, don't worry. It'll be on the screen all around me. The Sky Bible. And let's just start off. I'm actually going to read it off of the screen because I want to read it in the NIV. I love the way the New International Version puts the text. It's just really, really beautiful. Psalms 46. Psalms 46. Here we go. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gave w- give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fail. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. I love the visual that David paints there, breaking the bow, shattering the spear, and then he burns the shield with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Last verse, verse 11. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Kind of an interesting chapter, really. It's the whole chapter right there. Sorry, guys. Uh, to bring in for the kickoff, but I really do have an idea, a direction for this message. Don't worry. I'd like to title this message, Guilt, Grace, Guilt, Grace, Guilt, Grace, Guilt, Abuse, Grace, Go Away. I like alliteration. What can I say? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for what you are going to do. Father, as we go forward in this night, would you speak to our hearts the way we need to be spoken to? Would you speak to every individual student, person in this room, what you have picked out for them in this message and what you have laid on on my heart to bring tonight? Would you speak to them? Would our hearts be open to hear what you have said, no matter what's going on, no matter what is the trains going through our head the things that are slowing down or muting your voice, may they be silenced tonight for just moments to hear what you are speaking to us. Father, and as I go forward from this point, may my words be few and yours be many. Amen. I'm a horrible fisherman. I've never been good. The last time I went fishing, uh, it was a holiday weekend, and I didn't catch anything. I, I fished all three days. I worked. I went and fished at this little lake. It was called Three Mile Lake. You might have heard of it. If not, that's okay. I lived in a town. It was the gateway to Three Mile was our slogan. Really creative there, guys. Good job. Uh, I lived in this town in Acton, Iowa, and Three Mile was just not too far from the town. It was actually about 10 minutes from my home, and I would go there these three days. And I, You know what I caught? I did catch. I lied to you. I did catch one fish twice. It was a little small bluegill. I tried everything. I tried different lures. I tried different bait. I tried spinners. 
You name it, I tried it and caught nothing at all. So I've decided that I'm the worst fisherman ever. In fact, when I was on my bachelor party, we rented a boat for like all day, 12 hours. I ended up looking like a lobster on Sunday. But that's another story that for another sermon that I don't know how I'll work in, but we'll see. And all the other guys wanted to fish, and I'm not going to be a party pooper. I don't poop at parties. So I said, you guys fish. I'm going to get on the inner tube because we were tubing all morning. And I'm going to just float around out here while you guys fish. Just don't hook me. You know, that's my only request. Don't hook me. And none of them did. Praise the Lord. I mean, it was my bachelor party. So, I mean, that would be the worst thing ever. We did have an interesting weekend. Uh, but I just, I didn't, I don't like fishing. And so I didn't even fish when I was out there because I'm not a good fisherman. If you were to say, Zachary, here's a pole and some worms and a hook provide for your family, my family would die, or we would turn into uh, vegans. Yeah, I, I cannot fish. I'm the worst fisherman ever. But, but, like I said in the beginning, I, went and I, I started, picked up hunting again. I say picked up because I hadn't been hunting in about two years, three years. I uh, just didn't plan for it. Uh, Crystal made me plan for it all the way back in the summertime. Like, we're putting the money away now so we can go, so I don't feel like the bad person when I say, no, you can't go hunting. But... We put the money aside. We made it work. It was a great weekend. I also, I had a contingency plan. I invited all these other Chi Alpha directors. So if she told me no, I'd have to tell them that they couldn't go because it was on my family's farmland. So she's like, well, I can't be the bad person for all these guys. Now he's got to go. So I'm thinking, guys. I can't think. Anyways, uh, so I went back hunting, and I, I could feed my family hunting. Like, But here's the thing. when I When I go hunting... I have a Winchester 1300. It holds five rounds, five slugs. When I see one deer, they're all going out of my gun, down the barrel. Like, that's how it works. I doesn't mean I can hit five deer. It means I get really excited and blow $15 out the end of the barrel just like that. I'm really good. Really good at doing that. Um, in fact, we were sitting there in this blind, and I they were all great friends of mine. So I'm going to just say another great friend of mine was sitting like this over there. And I was sitting over here, and we're just talking. We're having this great conversation about Chi Alpha and our love for students and everything about Chi Alpha we could think of, and then our lives and our families. And there's a lot of stuff you can talk about in a blind. I need to be in a blind because I can't sit still. So we're sitting in this blind. True story. And we're talking, and he goes, and he, and he looks over to his right, and he goes, oh, look. And he's about 150 yards out. And there's this just, like, herd of deer. And I was like, oh, my goodness, we got to shoot them. Like, because all of our friends are over there, and they're going that way. And if we don't shoot them, they won't go that way. They're going to go that way. And he's like, you're right. I said, okay, on your count. So he puts his gun out the blind, and he goes, one, two. Tony, your count. Oh, yeah. One, two. Three, and he goes, boom, and then I go, boom, 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 at three deer. Just start racking everything out of there. And I look over at him, and you know what he did? He went, boom, and I don't think I got one. And this whole time, it's just, I'm out of ammo. I get super excited because it was the first deer we saw on this trip. I didn't hit one. It was 160 yards. I'm not going to hit one on iron sights, but. I just had to tell you that story because it's funny and I waste ammo. I'll admit it first. But I could actually provide for my family. You know, fish, fishing, I can't. I've tried everything. I've tried every type of bait to lure, get it, 
pun. I lure the fish in. Fish like lures. Cows like corn. You can always catch a deer in going to a cornfield or laying down. A smart hunter will know what baits the deer, where to find the deer because of where it's going to. It's interesting, mankind, you know, we think we have cell phones, we have technology, yet you can still bait a human. You can still lure humans. Ladies, uh, you can easily be lured. It's amazing. When I walk through the mall with Crystal, uh, we cut, you know those little kiosks selling like hair dryers? Am I, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Hair straighteners? Yeah. Haley knows. Um, you're walking through the mall, and all of a sudden, I feel Crystal just cling to my arm on the opposite side of them and, like, use me as a blind. And I'm like, am I that fat? What is going on? She's like, I'm not going to get trapped by them. And, like, you'll walk by later, and there's this big biker dude with long hair talking to this guy with straighteners. And the guy's like, so what hair straightener do you use? He's like, I don't have one. And he's like, oh, I'll set you up on a deal today, big boy. And he's like, I'm good, thank you. Hi. It's interesting. These guys are like trying to bait people in the mall. But what about on a more spiritual level? Like you can say, okay, yeah, for like worldly things like shoes, hair straighteners, hair dryers, facial creams, whatever, I could be baited. Yeah, obviously I'll be trapped into that. I want to look like I'm 20 years younger. I want to look like a four-year-old. No, I'm kidding. But it's interesting that also spiritually we have this ability to be lured in, don't we? Our desires lure us in. Now, I would love, I don't, no, I do, would not love to do this. I, uh, it would be interesting, and I'm sure we all have desires that lure us to sin, right? Our own desires pull us from the good and to sin. James chapter 1, verses 14 through 15. Do we have those in or no? It'll be on the screen, Randy. Can I get James chapter 1? Verse 14 and 15 on the screen. Uh, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceded, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it full grown, give birth to death. I love what 14 says. Can we go back there for a second? It says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own desire and enticed. It's so easy to say, oh, Satan tempted me. He put that naughty ad online. Oh, she just had to post it, and Satan told me to, to comment and just say something not nice. But really, it's not the enemy. We give him almost too much credit, don't we? We have freedom over the enemy, but it seems like our desires lead us down more sin than anything else. When was the last time you sinned? Don't tell me. Again, these are a lot of rhetorical questions. You knew to Chi Alpha is just how it works. Uh, when was the last time you sinned? Was it today? Yesterday? This weekend? A month ago? Last year? Mm. What got you there? What made you go there? What led you there? What would you blame it on? Can you pinpoint exactly what took you back there? I bet you. It was the desire. There was something inside you that said, I want to do this, and I'm going to do this. 
and there might have been a struggle. You shouldn't do it. Uh, you just shouldn't do it. Don't do it. But the other side was like, well, I just want to do it, though. And there might have been a struggle for about two minutes. And then you just decide, I'm going to comment it anyways. I'm going to say it anyways. I'm going to click it anyways. I'm going to go out anyways. I'm just going to open that email. I'm just going to say one last word. You shouldn't do it. Huh? I think I'm going to. I can't keep my mouth shut. You know this. I know, but you can keep it shut this one time. No, I can't. I'm just going to visit their Facebook page and see where that leads. Oh, we know where it leads, don't we? It leads directly to sin. And you knew it would, but you thought, this one time I'm not going to. This one time I won't feel bad. But what does sin always lead to? No matter if you're a believer or not, see, sin leads to shame and guilt and very quickly, if we have a relationship with God, it leads to this discussion of, God, I've sinned. Will you take me back? And we begin, we've, we're given grace, right? That's what we believe, grace so freely given. But it's amazing what happens when this desire trips the same wire every single time. And maybe in one month or a week, it gets you a lot of times. And then all of a sudden... You think, I have abused grace. Where does that thought come from? Well, I'd like to propose the idea that this, that sin gets louder and louder. It's like a train almost. It creates more noise inside of your brain. Noise not clear enough to really hear what God is saying, but noise loud enough to confuse you, to make you start thinking things that aren't necessarily true. Sin leads to death. Isn't that what it says? And it gets louder and louder, and then we start feeling abandoned because we can't hear God. It feels more guilt, abuse grace, and then we go away. Haven't we all felt abandoned at one point? At one point in time, surely you have felt abandoned. Somebody didn't show up to a big event. I remember a time when I was promised, I'll be there. I'll be there. And I was so excited. I got so excited. And, and somebody looked at me and said, don't, don't put your money on it. Don't get this excited. You're only going to get let down. It wasn't the first time I had been abandoned by this person by let down by this person, but I thought this time will be different. He sounded so much more positive. And I was let down. Haven't we all been abandoned at some point? And we think surely God is going to do the same thing if we continue to abuse grace. But where does the idea of abuse grace come from? Like I said, I'd like to conject that this comes from this idea that sin... Even though when we ask for forgiveness, even though when we accept grace so freely forgiven, it still lingers, doesn't it? It still leaves that aftertaste in your mouth, that bad feeling in your pit. And you're just like, I know I'm forgiven, but I don't feel like it. And it creates this intensing, intensing train whistle that mutes out everything that would calm you down. You know, I love... Love what Paul says in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. He says, 
I got turn there. My biggest fear sometimes is just turning too far past it, so I take way too long. Romans chapter 7, verse 15, he says, it's a very common verse. Uh, I go back to it a lot, believe it or not. I don't really understand myself. Wow, great way to start, Paul. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I knew that I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is a sin living in me that does wrong. The NIV puts it this way. Go back to verse 15 real quick. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate, I do. What I hate, I do. What I don't want to do, I do. What I do want to do, I don't do. It's a lot of do-do. But you understand it, right? This idea of just like doing what we don't want to do. And, you know, I think we've all been to this point of saying, I've done it so many times that God cannot forgive me. I've done this so many times that I am definitely abandoned. I'm no good. I'm trash. I'm nothing. And it just leads down this path of just shame, uncomfortable, negativity. You know, that's that's what it leads to, doesn't it? Have you been there? Have you been hard to find God, conflict with others, negativity, just not feeling it? Have you been there before? Are you there tonight? If you're there tonight, right now, I want to say thank you so much for dragging yourself to Chi Alpha tonight. Because when I'm not feeling it, I do not have enough energy to do anything. I do not have enough energy to put myself out there and go and preach. I don't have enough energy to go out there and be a leader. I just don't want to. I can't. It is so mentally draining. The volume, the train whistle of sin in my head is so loud. I just feel like God does not want me to do this. It would be easier to go back to farming than to do this job right now. I wish I could say that this was something that God said, Zachary, this is what your students struggle with. You don't, but you can preach it still. No, this is something I struggle with. If you haven't gotten that yet, this is something that I struggle with. And it gets me in so much negativity because of this echoing chamber that I forget that sin is forgiven. I forget what God has done so freely. I forget that you can't abuse grace. Every day, there's new grace. Every day. And What I want to do, I don't do. We can't find God, find conflict, negativity, just not feeling it. In the most recent time I was there, there was a verse in, there's a Psalms, the Psalms actually we opened up with, verse 10. It says, at the beginning it says this, be still and know. I want the musicians to come back up as we go back into worship and be still and know. Randy, can we just get verse 10 of chapter 46 of Psalms up there? That's all I want to talk about for the rest of the night. I'm going to land this plane on this verse. This is going to bring everything together. He says, be still and know that I am God. 
I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. When I read this, I said, thought to myself, what does this chapter have to do with anything? This chapter is talking about David in conquering his enemies. I'm like, God, I haven't even conquered this enemy. This enemy is obviously taking over my life. This enemy is just leading so many issues and causing so many problems. How am I supposed to beat myself? But the word still and no, be still and no, that's where it hits you. That's when you stop and realize, do you not think David ever looked at his enemies and said, those are really big enemies and almost couldn't hear God's voice? I think when David said, be still and no, I think David actually stopped what he was doing and took up a time of prayer. Stopped what he was doing and said to himself, self, we're going to shut this down right now. There is such a thing called grace, and I have it. There is such a thing as forgiveness, and I've been given it. There is such a thing that God has said that this land is going to be our land, so we're going to go out there, and we're going to take it. Because God is with us. What did he say? He says, he shatters the spear and burns the shields. That's not just beating your enemy. That is destroying every capability for them to come back at you. If you are going to take the enemy's weapons and destroy them, you're saying, oh, no, 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 not today, not tomorrow, not next year, not a, 10 years from now. You're going to have to rebuild everything to come back at me. And if you decide to do it again, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to break the spear. I'm going to burn your shields. That's just what God does. So when David says, be still and know, he is reminding himself of, you remember? You remember. Yeah, you do. You remember when it looked real bad. And what happened? Oh, there came God. He busted the shield, spears and burned the shields. When he says, be still, do you know what he's saying? He's saying, rest. He's saying, abandon everything. He says, rely. Saying, be idle. When I was growing up in church, I could not sit still in a church pew. Still can't to this day. I can't sit still. Why do you think I walk around? Why do you think I look at wireless microphones? So don't worry about cords. I can't sit still. When I was growing up in church, I'd shake my leg. I'd shake my leg, and I'd shake it so much that the heel of my boot would clack on the floor, and it was old church wooden floors. And so you hear, and so I'd like pick my heel up, and like that's probably annoying to other people. I'm going to shake because I always shake. I just have so much energy. And my mother would look at me, and she'd take her little finger gun, and she'd go right at my knee. She just no words. I knew what she meant, like stop shaking. So I was like lock my knees, I'd lock all my muscles up and I'd sit there in my chair and I tried not to move and that's probably why I got really good quads now because I'd sit like just with everything clenched and I'd be really good for about five seconds and then all of a sudden my muscles would get a little weak and I'd be like just start shaking again and then she's like I guess you can't sit still boy can you I'm like no but what David is saying he says even if you gotta shake you best not because you need to be still and what's he say next? He says, and know that I'm God. He says, he's saying you need to learn what God is saying. You need to learn about God. You need God-like knowledge of your current situation. If you are willing to stop everything and just know that God has it in control and know that you're forgiven and know that there's grace and know that he is going to defeat the enemy, 
going to figure out that there's a way through this. You know, this is interesting, this word no. I was recently gifted a Bible. Probably my new favorite Bible, not my preaching Bible. I love my preaching Bible, don't get me wrong. Perfect size for preaching. So I was gifted this Bible, and it's long story short, it's got a whole bunch of Greek and Hebrew words in the back. And so now whenever I preach off of a verse, I always have to look it up and like kind of tear it all apart. And poor Joe, he looked at it and goes, yeah, if I had this Bible, I don't think I'd get any sermons wrote. I just spend all my time on one word and just reading it and soaking it. And so today we were talking about several verses, but this one came up. And I'm like, Joe, I want you to read this word. I want you to read what it says and know. And if you give me one second, where's my bag? I'm going to read to you what it says about no. I wasn't prepared for this. I was just going to list you off the words I wrote in my notes, but that's okay. I think it's important to go here. Psalm 46, verse 10. 3359. Bear with me here, guys. It's going to be good. Trust me. Do you trust me? Good. All right. The word no... In Hebrew, yada. I'm going to read this to you word for word. To perceive, understand, know, discern, be known, make oneself known, cause to know, to be familiar with, to be aware of, to appear, to announce, to form, appoint, order, to know sexually. Like, wait, what? You're talking about knowledge and all the way you suddenly know, talk about that? What is David writing here? If we can use that word, describe yada in Hebrew. What if David is saying you need to be still and honestly get to know God? If you are having these issues in your life right now, you need to stop and get to know God. Because if you don't know God, you will never defeat the enemy. And that train whistle is just going to get louder and you're going to let sin and what does James say? Sin leads to sin leads to death. And if you cannot stop for one moment and be still and get to know God. I remember when my parents gave me the talk. You know the one. My mother looked at me and said, Zachary, Zachary, sorry, I don't know. When you sleep with a woman, there is something more than just what's physical going on. There's something going on deeper inside your souls, inside spiritually. So when David writes, be still and know God, he's not saying don't just read the book, but seriously get to know God. Spend time with God and you will realize very quickly, oh, it's good. I'm good. God's got this. Because guess what? God shatters his spear. God burns the shield. Isn't it a beautiful picture? I'm going to go back here. One more thing. This uh, chapter was actually wrote to be sung by acapella why David chose the sons of this guy to sing it, but I don't know. That's fine. But there's a line in here that says, Selah. From what I understand about Selah, it means worship. Right? Let it sing. Tell me right now, honestly, rhetorical question, but honestly, to yourself, 
Is it busy in your head right now? Is there a loud train whistle? Are you annoyed? Is there something in your life that has you that has taken a foothold that a desire has led to and you feel like you have abused grace and you're like, I cannot do this anymore. It is easier to just go back to what I want to do than what you have called me to do. It is easier to just abandon my faith than try to figure this out and admit that I'm wrong. Are you there right now? I want to encourage you use the words of David be still and know be still I want you to shut everything off right now it's just music that's all it is it's worship music I want you to close your eyes everyone across the room no matter if you are are fighting with this hard to find God, whether there's conflicts with anyone, whether it's negativity, whether you just aren't feeling it, I want you to just close your eyes right now and silence everything else. closed, I'm going to read Psalms 46. And as I read Psalms chapter 46, I want you to think about what you have, what has taken control, what desires have led to, what is clogging your mind and not think about anymore. All I want you to do is just think about these words and be ready to understand and know God. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gave way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolation he has brought on earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We are going to go back into worship tonight. And if you still need to remain still and know God and get to know God, I want to encourage you to do that. But I want the rest of us, if you don't need that, I want you to stand with me tonight as we go back into worship and just worship and get to know God in a new way, in a new way. So when the enemy comes back, when the train whistles loud in your brain, when you are negative, when there's affecting others, when you just aren't feeling it, you can remember, I'm going to be still tonight and know that he is God. Let's worship. Stand with me, would you?